Hello, I'm Justin Wheeler, and welcome to this episode of Nonstop Nonprofit. Today, I have a very special episode of the Nonstop Nonprofit podcast, featuring our sales manager, Jenny Flack, and Dana Backich, nonprofit social media coach and CEO of Positive Equation. Jenny and Dana recently talked about how to utilize all the features that a fundraising platform like Fundraise offers. They brought a bunch of great ideas that you can use right now. Yes, during this insane coronavirus pandemic, and their conversation makes the benefits of nonprofit technology really obvious. A few teasers before I hand the mic over. Fundraise saw over 100% increase in donation volume in April 2020. Jenny and Dana talk through some of the very surprising reasons behind that growth, with one of the biggest being all the features Fundraise offers that make fundraising and donating so easy. Those features also bring in major wins for your nonprofit, and the key is data getting it, analyzing it, and then acting on it. Once you've listened to this, you'll probably wanna hear more from Jenny. She's super knowledgeable and has tons more to say about nonprofit technology and how it can help your nonprofit organization. So if you'd like to continue the conversation, head on over to fundraise.org and put a request in for a demo. And as a bonus, we've added some really cool examples of the concepts and strategies covered in Jenny and Dana's conversation so you can see all the awesomeness in action. Check them out at fundraise.org slash resources. Let's dive in. The best thing that we can do is just raise as much money as possible and then give it to the people around the world. We set out to raise $1,000 to help this person, um, but we had no idea how to fundraise. Then you're doing it wrong. Okay. That is unacceptable and that is not the way to run a board. Who is this girl and what's the thought process when you're like, do I include a nickel? And it snowballs like any peer-to-peer campaign. The more people that view this content, the further and further it grows. The community raised $55 million in 2019. The more nonprofits can give their donor base that experience of the impact that's being made on the ground level, there's nothing else you have to give someone. This is Nonstop Nonprofit. Good morning. Good morning. We are now live. Happy Wednesday. I am just checking my feed to make sure you can hear me. So glad you guys are here. Thank you for joining. This is the second Facebook Live interview series that I am doing. And today I'm so excited to bring on Jenny Flack from Fundraise to talk to us about what she's seeing at Fundraise in terms of who's giving, how are they giving, what campaigns are working. We're just coming off the heels of Giving Tuesday now on Cinco de Mayo. So Hopefully you're with us and didn't have too many margaritas or beers to cheers to your hopefully really successful campaign yesterday. Or if you didn't participate, we also want to talk about why um, and what makes sense for your organization. So I'm so excited that you guys are here. This is for you. Please feel free in the comments to drop any questions as we go and we'll pop in and answer them for you. Um, without further ado, I'm going to bring on Jenny to kind of kick off our conversation. Hello. Good morning. Hey, good morning. <laughs> How are you this morning? Good. I am so glad that you are here with us. Hey, Chris. <laughs> Hi, Chris. I love it. Yes. Everybody who's watching, if you can let us know what organization you work for, where you're tuning in from. I'm in sunny Los Angeles. And Jenny, where are you? Yeah, I'm in LA as well. Yes. We, it's gotten really hot the past couple of days. Yeah. It's nice though. 
it's supposed to kill the virus. So yeah. I'm like, bring on the sunshine, you know? That's true. That's very <laughs> true. That's awesome. Well, Jenny and I connected, gosh, a few months ago. Yeah. Um, when I was doing some research on different CRM donor platforms for campaigns, for virtual fundraising before this whole COVID thing was even in our minds or a possibility. And I just fell in love with a you and you were so knowledgeable <laughs> about the platform and just overall donors and giving far beyond just the platform itself and just kind of mm -hmm. understanding where nonprofits are at with your years of being at fundraise. So tell us a little bit about you and your role. Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> fundraise is is very simple. We're nonprofit tech, right? So basically the company was built on the belief that nonprofits, right? The the entities that are doing the most good in the world should have the best technology to do it, right? And so historically what we've seen is, you know, it's very easy for nonprofits to be a decade behind, you know, when it comes to technology and really just the tools, right? That's what it comes down to that are empowering smart strategies um, to engage donors to, to serve your mission. So, you know, you mentioned kind of the like, the expertise outside of just technology and tools that be, that comes because um, we were founded by a team that of of nonprofit fundraisers. You know, so we like to say we're um, built by fundraisers for fundraisers, um, and that's something unique uh, about us. So, yeah, my role there is I. What was that? Really important. Yeah, yeah, and the biggest compliment we get, honestly, when we you know show the platform is the aha moment inevitably when somebody's like, oh, you get me, you understand, <laughs> you know, or like that, that's like, that's the biggest compliment. So um, yeah, that, that's kind of the background of fundraise and my role there is I work with new organizations, you know, that are looking at um, their current tech stack or strategies, um, maybe looking to do new things and then bringing them on board uh, to, to be part of our little family. <laughs> I love it. Well, Yesterday was a big day for nonprofits all yeah. around the world, Giving Tuesday now. Yeah. What did you guys see at Fundraise and also maybe expand it to what have you seen really over the course of the past two months? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. We're down <laughs> to the end. Um, yeah. I think really to me yesterday, which if you don't know, was Giving Tuesday now. Um, so give, the kind of Giving Tuesday campaign and entity normally does campaigns usually in November, um, right after Thanksgiving. But, you know, with with current circumstances being what they are, kind of rolled out, hey, we're going to do another one this year. Um, and, and that was yesterday. So you know, to me, what we saw yesterday was really just a distillation of what we've seen over the last couple months um, when it comes to, you know, fundraising strategies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's no secret that a lot of organizations have really had to pivot and look at, you know, adapting their strategies, um, and in many cases, the tools, again, that they're using. Like, I use those always together, right? Because yeah. the, the tools just enable the strategies. Um, but at the same time, strategies can be built off of the tools that you have. So um, <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, what we saw yesterday was um, massive activity, right? A lot of like huge increase in donations um, across you know our, our customer base. But the reason I, I tie that to the last couple of months is because um, what we've seen over the last couple of months has, I think, been really surprising to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, as you can imagine, me, most you know of our conversations are about 
what do I do now? Or how do I adapt? You know, we were supposed to have this gala. It brings in a million dollars. Like that's going to impact our mission and even, you know, our, our sustainability. Yeah. So what do we do to make sure that we're, you know, bridging the gap? What, what I, a lot of the conversations I've been having, you know, basically since COVID, um, you know, people fall in in different camps in terms of how they respond, right? So some folks, I feel like it's kind of just like a litmus test or like almost a Rorschach test, I should say, for like kind of how you, how how you see what's happening. So some folks are really kind of stuck, right? Like, what do we do? Do we just wait and see what's going to happen? Other folks are like, we have work to do. Let's figure it out. How are we adjusting our ass? Yeah. So what we've seen has been surprising, I think even to us, um, which has been an overall increase in giving. Um, I think that's been surprising also to a lot of people that I've talked to over the past couple of months. And we've seen this in March and again in April. Yeah. Now we can, you know, we can dig into kind of some of the specifics there about the asks, but overall what we're seeing is there is capacity to give, right? So even though times feel so weird right now, and unemployment is is super high. Like people are being impacted economically. Mm-hmm. But if you consider 80, 85% of you know the nation right now is still employed, right? And and among those who are still employed, there's there's an increased, you know, desire, I would say, among a lot of them to do something. Yes. Yeah. So we're seeing we're seeing um different segments emerge of like of um, nonprofits and how they're responding. Fundamentally, those who are asking and who are tailoring their ask to these unique times yep. are seeing donations come in, right? And we're seeing yeah. that in overall. And I love, I just want to like tie back because I think it was so important what you just said, sure. where everyone right now is living the same world. So very unique. It's a very unique situation. And I think that's so crucial for nonprofits to understand is there's a lot of sensitivities around asking. Mm-hmm. But like you said, people are, A, we're at home. We're not running around doing as many things. So you have kind of a concentrated time mm-hmm. to reach people. Mm-hmm. And they are in a place where they know people are hurting more than usual. That's right. And if you are in a place to give, will give. Yeah. I mean, I can say anecdotally, you know, my, my husband and I, our giving has increased, you know, over the last couple of months and, and particularly to organizations we may never have given to before. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, think about normally activism involves getting out of your house, going out of your door and doing something. And right now activism looks like sitting on your couch, but that also means like, are, are you as a nonprofit giving people like me or, you know, and my husband and all of us who want to do something, the tools actually to do that. Right. Um, virtually. Right. Um, Absolutely. So giving them tools to fundraise on your behalf, you know, not just donate, but, you know, get other people to donate to, to, you know, sustain the work that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, those that are, are absolutely seeing the impact. And again, giving overall has increased and that's, that's those dollars and that revenue is going to people who are making an appropriate ask. Yeah, I love that. And that's a great segue. I want to talk about, so specifically over the weekend, for those of you who have followed me on social media, <laughs> I signed up a couple weeks ago um, for Dress Embers Virtual 5K. So Dress oh, Embers yeah. is, <laughs> ran my 3.1 miles. Actually, yeah. 
2.2 miles. <laughs> that, that extra. Um, and Dress Number is actually who introduced me to Jenny. And right. Dress Number is an amazing organization for those of you not familiar. They're headquartered in Los Angeles, but they work all over the country and internationally to try and end human trafficking and support survivors of human trafficking. And um, Blythe Hill is a good friend of mine, the founder. And so I signed up to run this virtual 5K and had to go through creating an advocate page Mm -hmm. through the fundraise platform that they use. And actually, while we're talking about it, I'll pull it up because literally what you just said, if you have to make it easy to donate, you have to make it easy to give. And so what I did, and while I pull this up, so this is my advocate page. And I, my goal was to Good job. Thanks. You totally passed your goal. <laughs> I, okay. And this is why. So one, do they have it down here? Okay. This to me is so crucial. So it's brilliant. December yeah. is brilliant in that they literally outline for X amount of dollars. It equals X impact. I call this a single issue ask. Mm-hmm. So you could tell by each dollar amount what it will provide. So for my goal, I chose the $320. So $320 directly equals eight hours of therapy for one individual, a survivor mm-hmm. of traffic. So I was like, that to me sounds like a great goal. Yeah. So I set that as my goal. I can. I just want to comment there real quick. Like your, yeah. your situation is like a lot of people, especially if they're doing this for the first time and you have them sign up, Hey, do peer to peer. They're, they're ready and they're eager to help you. But if you know, giving them some cues as to what should my goal be? You know, it's like these very practical things to kind of lay the groundwork. So it's, it's not only, it's not just about the technology being easy. Hey, I can sign up. There's my profile picture, that kind of thing. That's important, but also empowering, you know, your donors, your supporters, your fundraisers to understand like the impact that they can have and, and to tie that in. So absolutely. And then, so after I set up my page, the first, one of the first things that fundraise does is it prompted me to create a Facebook fundraiser. And for those of you that have not created it, what it does is it seamlessly takes an image. So I didn't have to put this image in here. It automatically moved over. Um, I edited my title to be really specific again about my ask. It pulled in everything that I had drafted this about matches this about, and I could go in again and edit it if I wanted to, but it tells my personal story of why the cause is so important to me. And then what I did for mine on Facebook before, right before, actually we were doing our walk warm up. I went live on Facebook and Facebook allows you to share your fundraiser with your live. Right. While you're live, there's an area at the bottom that literally is a call to action to donate. So as I was walking, and I maybe went live for five minutes, like right as we walked to start our run, I explained what I was doing, what I was fundraising for, Mm -hmm. that I wanted 32 people to give $10. I wasn't asking for $100. I wasn't asking for $1,000, $10. Awesome. And in that five minutes, I raised over $150. So I went live then. Then I did my run. Then I went live on our walk after on our cool down. You didn't let everybody see you sweating during. Yeah, no. 
I needed to be able to breathe. <laughs> focus. I get it. <laughs> and then afterwards, so you can see what was happening here is you see all these Facebook donor, Facebook donor, Facebook donor. So I had 19 donors and ended up exceeding my goal. So afterwards, same thing. I went live. I'm sweating. I'm like, you guys, I just finished my run. Same thing. Donate below. And then I shared it to my Instagram stories. And this was all within a course. The my run took me 30 minutes. And then afterwards, I shared it to my Instagram stories. And somebody was like, how much more do you need to reach your goal? Awesome. And, and DMs. And I was like, $30. And she's like, I got you. Done. Oh, so cool. Yeah. And that was it. And so within literally two hours or less, my goal was, I surpassed my goal. Yeah. And I think one cool thing, so A, the feature of a Facebook integration yep. is so crucial. So crucial because the other cool thing is as, so if I scroll, oh, then I did a thank you video and posted it. But as people were donating in here, you can see I'm replying. Yeah. And saying thank you. And then for the people who donated while I was live, it shows you it's like ching, like somebody donated to you. And, and then I'm you like, run faster. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, you can ask, I'm talking right to them. I'm like, Jane, thank you so much. Sarah, yeah. that's awesome. So I'm having this live interaction. Um, and they were just, I got messages afterwards, like this was so cool. So it was awesome to have that in it's not in person, but kind of like you feel yeah. like you're actually in a conversation with somebody. So that was the one part. The second thing I really like, and I'd love you to kind of talk through the psychology of this, sure. is you guys, do you see that there's no long donate form on here? There's no like, let me scroll, scroll. You click donate. Okay, tell me all about this button because I'm like obsessed yeah. with this form. Yeah, so the first thing you'll notice here, you know, like you said, it's not what we call a vertical form, right? Where you're scrolling, scrolling. That, that just creates a barrier for donors. Um, you know, if you're like me, you're just like, ah, too much, forget it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the quick pop-up, your profile picture is brought in here. So it, it really personalizes that donation, right? Like, um, if even if I don't know what dress number is, I feel like, okay, I'm giving to Dana or, or on behalf of Dana. And then as you click that amount, you're already, you've already exceeded your goal. So you won't actually see the bar change here. Um, but, you know, if you were, say, at 50% of your goal, somebody clicks one of those amounts, it's actually in real time going to fill, it, it still will show the number. So like click on 150. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you can see actually how your gift is going to impact that person's goal. Right. So, you know, maybe you were going to give 50, but you're like, Oh, let's make it a nice round, like 75%. I can give, you know, a little more. Um, and then this is what we call a horizontal form. So, you know, once you've kind of filled out this section, um, you, you go on and customize your donation using the button there at the bottom. So it's, it's moving you through horizontally. So you're not kind of overwhelmed with the, the information you have to put in. I will also note, um, you know, a few things too, making this really seamless and easy, Apple Pay, right? Yes. So if you were <clears throat> on like a Safari browser or your iPhone, it would actually default to Apple Pay. Best, easiest way to give online, literally a click. I love that. Um, and then here, Dress Number has actually um, configured and customized these fields here. So, you know, our users can remove these. They can add them in. Um, the two I highly recommend are the the 3%, right? So yep. can you as the donor cover, you know, the, the credit card fees? Um, and you can change that. We actually see the sweet spot is between about 5 and 7% there um, because the, the people who are opting in at 3, by and large, are opting in at like 5 to 7 as well. 
if you go as high as 10%, you start to see a drop off. But when you, you see your it's it's four dollars. Like I would be like, yeah, if I'm gonna give 150, I'll give 154. Exactly. Yeah. And then and then, but that's like that's real revenue, right? For Dress Ember, who's raising millions of dollars every campaign, you know, even one percent of one million, that's ten thousand dollars, right? So multiply that by multiple millions and multiple percent. You can see where that's like tens of thousands of dollars in their case. Yeah. Um, and then this company match too, I like to point out because this is just like the easiest way to double your impact. If your company has a match policy, you simply search, see if they do. If they do, the name will pop up and then you just submit your donation. You don't have to do anything else. And then the organization also doesn't have to do anything else. Um, it, it pings um, basically the, the company it says, hey, Dana just donated this much per your policy, you know, and then kind of activates the process of getting that match. So um, very easy way to, to significantly increase revenue. Yeah. And then it just continues to go, well, I'd have to, well, I'm not doing a company. You can uncheck that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you just go over and add in your info. Exactly. Oh, the other thing I really liked about this is for the billing address. Yeah. It's not like address, city, state, zip. It literally, if I start to type in an address, it'll yeah. start to populate. So we call this autocomplete. This is, um, you know, the same thing if you're calling an Uber or Lyft, you know, you kind of start to type in the numbers and it's like kind of narrows down. Hey, here's what you're talking about. The advantage of this for the donor is like you said, it's just super easy. Um, but I would say even more significantly, the advantage for the organization is um, the data, right? Cleanliness, cleanliness of data. So you don't have four different ways that people are writing California. And then, you know, you have duplicates and things based on that. So it's it's really just um, streamlining that. Yeah, I love this. <clears throat> yeah, so that's the form. And then um, to talk a little, to dig a little bit more to into um, the advantages of Facebook integration, mm-hmm. like you showed here through the integration, um, basically your campaign page is mirrored, you know, as a, a fundraiser. Yep. Um, on the organization side though, you know, there's the, like, again, the way the tools are built here, it's five fundraisers, four fundraisers. So it's got the donor in mind, making it as easy and seamless as possible. It's also got the organization in mind, of course, right? So the significant thing here is um, the data. Right now, you know, if you don't have a Facebook integration or anything like that, people can give to you through Facebook. Like they can just go rogue and create a, a Facebook fundraiser, yeah, which is awesome. If you are on typically the finance team at an organization, you're like good and bad, you know, um, because the data is so limited that you get. So people cannot tell. They get a name. That's usually it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. and an amount. So they cannot tell who did this person give on behalf of, um, you know, like how do I contact them just to thank them? Yeah. Like nothing else. Like those things become impossible. So long-term it's a very, it's, it's like a very, it's great for revenue for one-time giving, but what you're really missing is data that allows you to um, strategically engage that donor and have a relationship with them and provide them further opportunities to have impact, you know, as a, as a donor or a supporter in other ways yeah. through our Facebook integration, you get more of that data, right? So not only can you see, of course, like who somebody gave on behalf of that fundraiser actually can see that data too. Um, and then, you know, because it's, it's like on their page. Um, but then also, you know, you're getting more information like physical address, right? So if you want to be able to follow up also, if people want to provide their email, they can opt into that. Um, and, and, 
we have we have early access to Facebook's API so that we can we can actually provide more of that data. So it makes a huge difference outside of just that one gift, really right. be able to nurture that donor. Um, so yeah. that's, I would say like the, the bigger significance really of Facebook outside of just like a one-time experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've been talking a lot about in this case, obviously they're comfortable in going forward with a virtual event and asking. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of organizations that aren't unsure about making an ask or how to make an ask or what to ask for if especially if they're not an organization that's technically on the front lines and a cause that is a necessity kind of need what are you seeing with that as far as organizations who are or what would you say really to an organization that's teetering on or unsure if now is an okay time to make an ask yeah it's a great question um Bottom line, ask, um, because like your, your mission depends on it, right? Like how long can you survive much less like, like provide your programming if you don't like, that's kind of the first question, then it becomes a matter of how, like, so don't get me wrong. Like there are wrong ways to ask right now. Right. Um, our friends over at next after they do like, they're a fundraising research lab and do consulting and things like that. Yep. Yeah. So they did um, like COVID related research, just saying like, what, what are organizations doing right now and how are donors responding? What they found is if you are an organization that is directly, you know, it doesn't even have to be front lines, but maybe like second line, like directly impacted or dealing with, you know, COVID related things, mentioning COVID increases, increased overall donations. This is like uh, March and April, basically, like since since mm-hmm. this started. If you are in no way related and you're making an ask that you would be making otherwise, so for example, like a membership drive or something that that's like basically unrelated, um, mentioning COVID actually had a negative impact on donations. Um, the way they said it was like they really saw it, it was kind of like stuffing stuffing relevance into the communications, right? right. Yeah. Um, but they saw, so they kind of had these three buckets, right? One where it's like natural, like you naturally are related in some way. Talk about that. That that's, We saw an increase there. Um, then we saw like kind of the, the unnatural ask cause a decrease. And then there's kind of a neutral bucket where it's like, you know, maybe it's not that related, but you're just saying, hey, now more than ever, or you know, in these times, like just kind of a, a, a vague reference, maybe mentioning it, but not trying to be like, you know, really specifically talk about COVID. If that's yeah. not related. And that we like, basically there was no change one way or the other. Yeah. So again, the mega trend here that I, I would want to communicate more than anything else is people are giving. People are giving more actually than this time last year than previous months before, you know, March and April. Um, But they are, but, but one, like, you know, make sure your ask is, is relevant. Mm -hmm. And then two, again, I'm going to say it comes back to your tools. So dress number is a great example. Like the 5k that they had was supposed to be an in-person 5k, Yeah, yeah. but they pivoted and said, you know what, we're still doing this. It's a virtual 5k rather than saying, like if you remember in school, like getting a zero on a test was was like way worse than even getting an F, but 50%, right? To like your overall course, grade. Yeah. Like, 
yeah. that parallel exists here. Like maybe you take a hit, right? Like maybe, you know, I don't know necessarily the, in their case, but like what their goal might've been versus what they did. I, I don't know if it was higher, lower or the same, even if you take a hit though, like maybe you take a 20% hit, even a 50% hit allows you to do a lot more than, yeah. than canceling. Or well, just and what's interesting too with a lot of events that I've been talking to nonprofits about is anybody who had a golf tournament or a gala or even if it is a 5k, there are event costs yep. that you are no longer paying for. Yes. So I there was one organization where because they didn't have to pay for their event costs, mm -hmm. their fundraising amount was lower. Yes. Or it was, I think it may have been a little bit lower at par. That it was four hundred and eighteen percent increase net, net yes. because they didn't have any of those event costs besides just kind of staff and a few tech things. Yeah, I love that so, you brought that up. It, it it's it's so true. Um, events are notoriously just very expensive to put on. So oh, yeah. to your point, like the 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 net fundraised dollars impacts that significantly. It might be fifty percent. Right. Yeah, um, the goal doesn't have to be as high anymore because you're not spending. X dollar on the actual execution of it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and again, like there's appetite among donors and supporters right now, like they get it. We're all in this situation. It's not unique to you as an organization, right? You know, it's not something you have to explain to anybody. People right. understand exactly why you're adapting and are ready to do that. So we've had a lot of, you know, organizations that were supposed to have galas or runs or golf tournaments and they're, translating those into peer-to-peer -peer events. They're focusing on recurring giving, basically going digital. And you're exactly right. That's really, I, I think we're going to see actually a, a permanent impact in kind of the fundraising mix because of this, because of exactly what you said, the efficiency um, of, of the fundraising efforts. You know, yes. we'll see those again and all that, but like, I think these layers, you know, people, maybe things people always kind of thought they should be doing or sort of new they've kind of been forced to do it and been like, Oh, this is, this is really efficient. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my hope. <laughs> Agreed. Well, I want to, sh you shared some examples with me before the yeah. call and I think it's important. I'm, I'm a visual learner. Yep. So I would love to, I'm going to pull these up. Yeah. Is so the one are, you want me to start with first? Um, you can start with any, I'll just, I'll roll with it. Okay, cool. We're going with the hard hat and black tie gala. Yeah, perfect. So um, these are just a few examples. You know, we're talking big picture about, hey, fundraising is still happening. You still should ask, just tailor that ask. So I just wanted to provide a few examples of folks that are yeah. doing that really well. So um, this Habitat for Humanity is a, a, another example. They were supposed to have a gala um, last week, actually, and they're pivoting that into a peer-to-peer -peer fundraiser, right? So um, if you scroll down, I think they have... <clears throat> <clears throat> you know, a, a section. This is, by the way, using one of our campaign sites. So we have a number of different templates. You don't have to be, you know, a website designer. The whole idea here is anybody can spin up a really great looking microsite for an event, you know, peer to peer campaign, whatever. And that that's how this was built. So you can see they're highlighting, hey, here's the impact. Um, and then those different tabs are feeds. So they've activated the recent donor and the top donor feed. Um, so you can kind of see what the activity is like. Yep. And then, you know, this, this peer to peer campaign layout, um, would, would mirror what you already saw in December, um, because it's, it's actually using the same template, but you can see how each one has really tailored it and branded it, you know? So it, the whole point here is that it, it looks and feels proprietary as, as if you 
you know, build the website yourself. Yep, absolutely. So they're a great example. Um, I also wanted to highlight Green Dot. Um, the reason I wanted to highlight them is th this is a great example of like, um, you know, like I, I said, that. yep, not necessarily front lines, meaning like medical or, you know, providing food, but like education is right there, as we all know. They have done a great job with this Topman Center, just saying, here is what we're raising for, right? Their ask is very specific. Here's the dollar amount and here's why. And then actually, if you scroll down a little bit, you can see they're using what we call our impact tracking. So they're just below the progress bar. You see over a thousand students equipped with devices, right? So That's when they cool. build the site, they just enter a cost per project. So you can, you know, what does $200,000 mean to us? Mm-hmm kind of arbitrary, but if we can see, hey, listen, we've so far equipped a thousand students, let's keep going, right? Yeah, that's awesome. I look, I really, really, really like that. Yeah. And then also if you scroll up um, and click on their fundraisers tab, top right. This one? Yep. One thing I wanted to point out here is um, all different ages and demographics can participate. It is really very um, user-friendly right, to create, like you did, Dana, create your yep. page, um, get that up and running. That's an objection we get a lot, you know, okay, so millennials will get it, but like, we have an older donor base. But you can see, um, you know, way to go, Brad, like, I would say he's probably not a millennial. Yeah. And look at him. He's like their <laughs> second top fundraiser. He's a know? millennial at heart. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, I just do want to point out, like, the way these tools are built. It's like, that the, the, Boomer demographic actually is the most active on Facebook. And if you can use Facebook, you can create a peer-to-peer -peer page. Yeah, and I love the teams too. Yep. Yeah, so they're doing doing a great job too. That's awesome. The next one is just an example of like a really direct, you know, more directly related ask. Um, again, using our templates, but they've branded this really to, to um, you know, their organization, their ask. Um, just, just really seeing a lot of traction there. So they're doing a great job. Also contextualizing, you know, putting the about um, so people really kind of understand whether they came because they're already a supporter of yours or maybe this link was shared with them or, you know, they got communications from you. It's really helping provide the context for the goal that you've set. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last two are just a couple of examples of um, for Giving Tuesday now, which was yesterday. So really easy to even for a single giving day, spin up a giving page or a campaign site whichever. Um, and, you know, they, they um, Innocence Project is, is awesome. But, you know, just a very simple ask here and just saying, yeah. hey, be part of our work. Here's where you give. And then you have that same form that we walked through before. Yep. Super simple. Yeah. And then the last one, just another example of a Giving Tuesday Now campaign, in this case, a peer-to-peer -peer campaign, right? So you can have just like a, a giving page or a peer-to-peer like micro campaign or sorry, micro site, um, lots of different templates that you can choose from. But the point being, it's as easy as it can be um, yeah. to make it look good and be easy for your donors, but also, you know, to really convey uh, your ask and, and how that's contributing. I love it. And actually, one thing that we didn't have pulled up here before, but I want to see if we can pull it up. Do you have handy the live, the video pages? in my email. So what I'm talking about right now while Jenny looks for that is, so a lot of you are now doing um, a live event where you're actually streaming something. You're mm -hmm. doing a, a mini production. 
um, whether it's something small and everybody's remote or a select number of people that are kind of like socially distanced are getting together. And what I really love is that Fundraise has built a page um, where you can literally embed your video and then you can integrate all these different features on your page so that it's a completely branded experience. Um, and it kind of serves as a home base. So if somebody maybe isn't, maybe they're not on Facebook um, and maybe they are not comfortable with utilizing social media, having just a website, a URL that they can go to that shares that experience there um, was great. That's also branded. I know you had sent it to me. Yeah, I just I just sent it to you actually in our oh. in our chat about it. Um, so as you're pulling that up, basically what this is, it's it's actually using you'll you'll kind of recognize the layout here because it's using one of our templates. The beauty of this is you can just pull in a live stream, right? So this is just like just an example of what that might look like. Um, Again, this is our template. So you see there at the top, it's really generic. It's just like event name yeah. and donate, you know, all this stuff you would customize to be your own. Um, and then this, of course, would be your stream. So you can pull in, you know, whether it's you're using YouTube or Facebook Live, like you and I are now. Yep. Um, however, you're hosting your event pretty much, like you'll be able to pull that in and host that. But the important thing here is, you know, you can, like, as you did with your run last weekend, anybody yeah. can go live at any time. What this does is, makes that like actionable, right? So it puts it in a context where it's, you can monetize it. And, you know, as you're, you know, making your ask or whatever the case may be, you're just point down, there's the give button, you know, make your donation. Yeah. Um, and it gives you the, the yeah. almost like a stage, right. Um, to, to make that actionable. Yeah. And I think what I love about it is you can still, you get your recent donors, your top donors. Some people love seeing their names. Yeah. Right. So it gives you that opportunity. And then you can have somebody who's if they're producing it, they can say, wow, check out this latest donation from. And it keeps you kind yeah. of engaged and in real time. But it still gives you a branded experience. If somebody wants to learn more about you, you don't really get that necessarily on a live yeah. scroll down, but still be like actively engaged with this page. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And then I should mention, too, you know, this is a pretty simple example, which, to be frank, like most organizations probably would just need this kind of simple version right now, if, particularly if they've never done a live event, you know, like a live stream event before. Um, but, you know, for anybody who's doing, who's working with gamers, like doing a, a Twitch, we have like a Twitch integration, right? So if somebody's fundraising, you're fundraising for you by, you know, gaming, um, we can integrate that. We also integrate with Streamlabs. So, you know, if you're doing kind of a more sophisticated, like, you know, having pop-ups, you know, when donations come in, you mentioned people love seeing their name. Um, that's the whole name of the game um, when it yeah. comes to people who are really like streaming um, and seeing like their comment and their name pop up actually up there on the screen with little widgets. Um, we're, we're, you know, we can activate that with the campaign sites as well. Um, if that's something people are doing. I love it. I mean, everything that I've seen and even like you said, and I've been doing donating is people are open to giving. I think it's just being very specific about the ask and yeah. what the impact is going to be. Exactly. And I think if you have, if you're an organization that has multiple programs, start with one, start with a priority ask, get that one down and then move on to the next one would be my advice. And then to not be afraid to innovate. Mm-hmm. I know it's a lot of people are intimidated 
by digital or social, or there's a risk factor. Um, and I always say, I don't know what you guys have um, seen on your side, but I just say, ask your key stakeholders, ask your sponsors, what, what matters to them more than ever. Now they probably have the time to talk yeah. to you more intimately and have a longer conversation. Um, yeah, anything that I haven't asked you about that you think is important that they should understand or anything that I might be missing from the platform that we should discuss? Not really. I mean, we we dipped our toe in the water as far as the platform goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there, there's certainly a lot more there. But I think, yeah, the, the biggest things I would underscore, which we've already talked about, are make the ask, yep. make sure it's, you know, an appropriate ask. And I'm available if, if anybody, you know, watching this wants to do an audit of you know, your tools, your strategies, your ask right now, just email me. I'm Jenny at fundraise.org. Jenny at fundraise.org. Um, so I and my team are, are happy to just kind of do that audit, like look at what your setup is and if there are places you could be maximizing that. Um, so that's the biggest thing first, like ask. People are responding um, to, to the ask. And I think that in the conversations I've had over the last couple of months has been the biggest thing, just like the reassurance that it's not tone deaf. It's not inappropriate. It's like people get it. And, and there's a lot of people who still have capacity right now. Um, and with that, like the people who are seeing giving increase are those who are adapting. Right. Yes. So it is taking things digital. It is like, again, replacing if you're, ha if you had an in-person event, like, yeah, maybe delay it, but also in the meantime, could you also do a peer-to-peer -peer or other, you know, virtual fundraising campaign? Yep. Um, it, you know, just because you're postponing doesn't mean you can't do both. Absolutely. And I think what's so great about peer-to-peer, -peer, and I just experienced this with the 5K, is yes, people want to support a good organization, but more than that, they want to back me. Yes. Yep. That's and exactly. that's what makes peer-to-peer -peer such a great opportunity to expand Awareness exactly. that's been happening too that I've seen is people say we had somebody said we had over 200 new donors because we did something virtual and yeah. it expanded the people. Like now, the 19 people who gave to my small campaign mm -hmm. now know about Dress Ember, where before they might have had no idea that it existed. Right. And I'll again say that's where the data comes into, right? So Dress Ember actually then can follow up if they want and say, like, hey, listen, you gave one time. Thank you so much. Here's the impact your gift had. Yep. And, you know, eventually, like once there's been some nurture there, won't you consider expanding that impact be by becoming a monthly donor? Yep. Right. And now the lifetime value of that donor in terms of revenue and, and impact for December has increased, you know, at least, you know, 10 to 20 fold. Um, yeah. Depending on how long that, that goes. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly a huge opportunity. And that's why I say I think. A lot of folks who are kind of dipping their toe in the water now by necessity will find that, um, you know, these are these are really core strategies, actually, and yeah. really mission critical strategies. Well, Jay, this has been such a valuable conversation and everyone please her up on this audit opportunity. Jenny, thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Have a good rest of your Wednesday. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you found Jenny and Dana's conversation and ideas inspiring and useful for your organization. If you'd like to talk strategy with Jenny, head on over to fundraise.org and request a demo and strategy session on the calendar. I guarantee she will be thrilled to hear from you. And don't forget, 
take a look at the examples we've included to really bring to life and show off the concepts you just heard about. You can find this at fundraise.org resources. This podcast is brought to you by your friends at Fundraise, nonprofit fundraising software built by nonprofit people. Don't forget to get your next episode the second it hits the internets. Go to nonstopnonprofitpodcast.com and sign up for email notifications today. See you next time.